Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I, I find that incredibly unsatisfying. When you say you've read a book of dinosaur porn, I'm thinking maybe 150 pages minimum. There's no, no. Those things are like all of Chuck Tingle's things are like 46 pages. That's not a fucking book. It's not. It's an essay. Which is why I would never pay. Jesus. I don't think that gets What the can count. you say about dinosaurs for 46 minutes? They can't even talk. Jurassic Park was 400 some pages. Why couldn't you use your fucking the imagination? The dinosaurs were the bad guys. Mm, there yeah, were people in Jurassic Park. That too. There's just mm. one girl and a dinosaur with a boner. Like, what can you do with that for like 150 pages? I don't know. I think I'd have a little bit more imagination. It was me. <laughs> I mean, people write books about aliens and alien sex all the time. I mean, it's really yeah. not that different. I mean, Some that book the- that I read, that book that I read, Perdido Street Station, about the guy who was in love with the alien, not alien, but bug, the bug girl. Yes. I She's always talking about her mouth, her mouth parts, and they, they made it work. I mean... For the most and part, and she didn't even talk. Noticed. It was all sign language. Really? Yeah. That's funny, dude. Erotic books are all like around what thirty to sixty-eight pages really? because they don't have plot. Yeah. Well, I mean, super like insanely like crazy, like Bigfoot and dinosaurs and Santa Claus and sentient vegetables. <laughs> And sentient vegetables because I, nobody wants a plot first off. They just want them to have sex in weird positions and then call it a day. So they're clearly, clearly that is, that is a, a male audience. Or a really horny female. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not horny, but I mean, I'm willing to get through a few pages and, you know, get a little sex here and there. I mean, see, yeah. I, I would, I would rather read like I, I have my shelf of like spicy, smutty things. See, and that's where the, these smutty books are nothing like like the dinosaur because the dinosaur is just like, hi, I'm gonna eat your arm and then I'm gonna have sex with you and then I'm gonna leave. Like, uh, it just sounds Rachel, an awful did you lot read like this? Se- Go ahead. It does. Mm-hmm. Rachel, did you read the second book in your twins book that you reviewed? Reading- I'm reading it right now. I was trying to decide if I was going to read it because I kind of don't care about that twin brother. <laughs> it's 10 hours. Like, I don't care if he finds love. Yes, oh, you have to not, tell me if it's as good. Not, that's not really what it's about. Oh, well, you have to tell me what it's about and if it's worth These reading. These bitches are arguing with well, me. I'll just tell you this. I think there's some missing of the three-way stuff. That, yeah. So, because I'm not. They always- miss it? That's funny. He does. She does. Oh, he doesn't? 
well, the book's written from her perspective, so I don't really um, know. But but again, I'm not uh, I'm not all the way through it yet. So. Mm. These women and how they have to have all these men at once—they ruin a good thing. Hey, I don't know that first book. You read the first book, right? I know, but I liked that she ended up with one guy. Sometimes I get annoyed when they end up with like five different guys at once. I'm not supposed to, but I always want them to pick one. It's because no, I'm, I get that. I'm conventional at heart. I get it's because that, it's because you're how long have you been married? 20, 25 some? years. Yeah, that's why it's because you yeah. have a happy marriage. What? <laughs> Keith does. <laughs> Mr. Keith is clearly an awesome guy. Yeah, <laughs> true. So let me ask you a question about this best books. Do we just list them? Do you want us to say something about Each them? person like, can decide however they want to describe their books. Well, I mean, everyone knows the one I'm going to have on there that we've read by Ken Follett. Are we doing, oh, are we doing I was five? Like, do I? Are we just doing five or are we doing like five in an honorable mention? Well, we can have. But we're just doing five on the podcast, and then you tell me your honorable mention, and I'll put them on Patreon. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Or do you or, want us to talk or you about can make your own post on Patreon with your honorable mentions. Oh my God! How do people make this decision? How do you choose a favorite child? It was it easy. Was rough. The one that does the most stuff for you and isn't an asshole, or the one that aggravates you the least amount. That too. I mean, mine changes all the time, though. Or if you only have one, there you go. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, that's true. I, I just have the one as well. But I, I have an awful lot of books I read this year. It'd be really hard to be on this podcast and only read one book a year. But you uh, clearly you would not be on this podcast regularly if you the right? book i'm gonna review is the same one i've reviewed I've for the last three months and it's like that would be josh the bearded book girl it's it's groundhog day every week i'm gonna review i don't know if you guys heard any of the early episodes but josh um who is it he's a tech I remember josh. josh i remember is, josh yeah josh is a tech for um basically what he does is he goes out to all of our live broadcasts and sets shit up, tests it, and then sits there with you the whole time. And then when you're done, he puts everything away and takes it back to the station. That's his job. Mm -hmm. And so he does a lot of sitting around. And <laughs> but he reads he's he's like an old man. I mean, he reads the stuff that's like Bonnie books. No, he reads. No, he reads sci-fi. He's like an old soul. Josh is. He would go to like Goodwill and buy all these seventies sci-fi paperbacks and like read them. The the stuff that I mean, he's just does not act his age at all. He's probably what twenty nine, maybe now. Yeah, he's pretty young. He's pretty young, but he's such an old soul. <laughs> he came up to me the other day and he's like, "I read a book." <laughs> Yay! <laughs> What'd you like, read, Whoa. Josh? And I'm expecting, you know, but Ender's Game. The last book in the series just came out. So he's uh, like, I could come on and talk about it. I'm like, Josh. The last book in the it's series. It's Ender's Game. Well, I mean, to be fair, we haven't talked about Ready Player One in a little bit. He did read Ready Player One, yeah. And But Ender's Game is the series that he... When you're super excited about a book, it's hard not to want to talk about it. Accurate. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. I mean, look at how many times I've talked about 
Ken Follett. I mean, I was gonna say some I of my Mr. books, Keith read but Cerulean Sea. Oh yeah, mm. did he like mm-hmm. it? He read it on the airplane to Denver. Yeah, oh, he liked awesome. it a lot. But I was like, dude, you need to read this because I'm gonna talk about this until I die. <laughs> Yeah. I need to read it. Martha got me a copy. I just haven't had a chance to, to get to it yet. I want to say I've read that, but I don't remember what it's about. So maybe I haven't. I don't know. But what were your favorite picks of the year, Bonnie? Well, let me just tell you what those were. The ones that I talked about. Actually, you know what I do is I go through my list of books that I've read. And if I remember it, it goes on my list, and then I narrow it down. Well, geez, if I did it that way, then I'd be in real trouble, because I remember a lot of them. Yeah, but you also read six books a week. I only read two. I don't have, my list isn't that long. Shit, I only read one. Two a week. Not... I only read one a week on a good week. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I can't do it at work, because so many people come in and out of my office. I have to pause it. Like, yeah. It's easier to pause a podcast than it is to like keep pausing an audiobook. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes you have to back it up. You're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Wait a minute. Like it'll be I like missed, the, I think yeah. I missed the dramatic moment and someone comes in and be like, can you help me request today off in work day? I'll be like, <laughs> come back after this person's <laughs> murdered, okay? It's like, hold on a second. Wait until the end of the chapter. <laughs> so I'm going to start out super sad because, you know, it's me. Hurrah! And that's what I do. So one of my favorite reads this year, I think, was The Children's Blizzard. And for Oh my god! Anyone who does not remember, this is a blizzard, and I can't remember the year that this blizzard happened, but it was based on a true story. And this blizzard hit right as these kids were leaving school and walking home, and a whole bunch of people was caught in this blizzard and, you know, died, lost body parts to frostbite, yada, yada, so on and so forth. And it just was really compelling. I just, it, it was awesome. And, you know, I like those super sad books. Plus it kind of shows two different stories. Like you always have that thing, what would happen if, well, this was kind of one of those because two people did two different things and there's two different results. So I really liked that about this book. And that, again, was The Children's Blizzard by Melanie Benjamin. My 12-year-old read a book about that children's blizzard. I was telling her about, I was telling Mr. Keith, and she was like, I read a book about that. They have a children's book about that. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Yuck. (laughs) And the second one that I chose as one of my favorites was actually one of my Halloween reads. It was called The Corpse Queen by Heather Herman. And for anyone who doesn't remember, this took place way in the past when they used to like grave rob and take dead people and give them to medical facilities so that they could autopsy them. And doctors paid money for these. So a lot of people would steal bodies. And it's about a lady who that's basically what she does for money is she takes corpses and sells them to doctors. This was twisted and sick and wrong in so many ways. And I loved it. (laughs) And then again, was called The Corpse Queen by Heather Herman. And seriously, so dark. So dark and wonderful. And the third one that I picked for this from one of my favorites is actually like a series of books. And I have Rachel to thank for this one. And it's called Mine Hunters. 
the inside the FBI's elite serial crime unit. And yep. that was by John Douglas. What's that other Mark? What? All shaker. <laughs> Sorry. John I Douglas. Ball shaker. <laughs> 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 That's what I do to get my holiday spirit on. I just shake some balls. John Douglas and Mark Allshaker. And this is actually a nonfiction book. And it's an inside look at the start of the FBI's serial killer, serial crime unit. Or they basically are profiling these serial killers. So they go to the prisons that they obviously are in now because they've been caught and interview them. And just looking into the mind of the killers was insane it was just so interesting and i would have to say that i could only read one book of this a month because it was so insanely disturbing also but yeah it was really good megan's creaking over there (laughs) it's adding ambiance yeah (laughs) i'll sit still (laughs) probably not Okay, so you're at, that's three. What's your next one? Hold on. I got to pull it up. Martha freaking interrupted me. Interrupted. God damn. I am the queen of interrupters. Don't make me punch you in the boob again. Ah. (laughs) Do we need to bring back the Nerf gun? You know what? I think I don't like when we're all sitting so close. (laughs) Boob puncher. Do that. Well, I mean, it could be worse. I could be punching you in the neck. That would hurt. (laughs) Speaking of <laughs> awfully dangerous things, my next book. Speaking of neck punching. <laughs> <laughs> my next book is also a nonfiction, and this is called The Radium Girls. And this is one that we did on the podcast like in the first year or two that we had this. Nicole actually read this, and I thought I had, and I actually had not. And it is about the story of the girls that painted the radium onto watches so that they would glow and the effects the radium had on them and their struggle with the legal system and trying to you know with all of their symptoms and it was just really eye-opening and wonderful I really enjoyed this I actually enjoyed this more than I thought I would and that was called the radium girls by Kate Moore and then my last one to no one's surprise whatsoever <laughs> is The Evening and the Morning by Ken Follett. And this is a prequel to Pillars of the Earth. So I think it takes place in like nine, like the year 1000 or, or like something like that. And like Vikings come and like kill the town and all of this horrible stuff i can't even describe it because i would go way over time and martha would start punching me in the boob and i have a whole lot more boob to punch and i have really bony knuckles (laughs) but anyone who's heard me talk about ken follett knows that i love the pillars of the Earth series this rates right up there with it i actually did a buddy read on this and i got more people to read ken follett with me and it was just a win-win situation altogether. And if anyone does not know, that's where we got the frame, the phrase, yeet the baby. <laughs> yes. Yay! Thank you, Keith, An for that wonderful yeeting. 
Yep, we had an entire year of yeeting. But you know what? I will say, I knew Bonnie was going to put it on her list, so I didn't put it on mine. But I... You can both have oh, it. I know, but I have other ones that I can put on the list that we won't double. But I would say it it would be in my top five. Yeah. Awesome. If Maybe we, an honorable mention for you. Yeah. Because it was just It's going to suck if it's awesome. on my worst of the year. <laughs> I will fly to Pennsylvania and punch you in the boob. <laughs> Woo! It's not. It would be funny though. Yeah, it would be funny. But I, I loved that you picked it for a buddy read because we got to experience like your love of Ken Follett that we hadn't gotten to experience it, and we all like everyone loved it. We all really enjoyed that book. Right. I think. Even though some people were traumatized, <laughs> Keith, talking about you. I still but, talk about it in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's mentioned. Hey, any publicity is good publicity. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Is hey, what you and meant to say. we got liked when I did a tweet about that book yeah. <laughs> from Mr. Ken Follett himself. Radar. Exactly. Ken Follett has seen our, our Twitter page. Or somebody who works for him, hey, which is, you know. That counts. Yeah, it counts. It still it counts. counts. It counts to me. Yeah. Yeah. And those were my top five for the year. I could have picked more because I obviously read more books that I liked, but maybe I'll just put them on Patreon. So, you know Good what? Idea. We'll do a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's go, Keith, next. Okie dokie. Uh, so, mine aren't in order but the first one on my list for the best of the year it happened one summer by tessa bailey it was like a grumpy fisherman meets a spoiled paris hilton kind of girl i like my fisherman in love dude yes she needs to bonnie needs to read this book it's a grumpy fisherman oh oh it was just chef's kiss perfection and i did review it on the podcast my second book was called One, Two, Three by Lori Frankel. And I reviewed that on this podcast too, uh, or pretty early in the year. And it is about a set of triplets who live in a town where the water supply is causing abnormalities to everyone. And basically that company, the uh, manufacturing plant leaves the town, but then 20, no, 16 years later, they kind of try to get back in. And it was just a phenomenal read. It's not a rom-com or anything. It was very far out of my usual wheelhouse, but I really liked it. The third book was Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune, which it's hysterical that we haven't talked about it because everybody on this podcast, well, no, a lot of us on this podcast loved the Cerulean Sea book by T.J. Klune a couple of years ago. This is just as good. It is all about the way uh, death works. Death is pretty much like a person and a man who has lived a really kind of shitty life and has never been a very good guy meets the journeyman over to uh, death and he lives his best life pretty much as he's in the process of crossing over. And it's very, very cool and very sad and very and it's romantic too which was great <laughs> and, and martha's like i'm out uh the next book i have on my list is called the charm offensive and it's by allison cochrane 
it came out this September, I believe. And it is a Bachelor-like show. And the twist is that the man that's doing the Bachelor show is gay, but he has not come out yet. And all these people have kind of forced him to be on this show. And of course, the Bachelorettes are all women. Mm. So he's really struggling. And he ends up in a romance with one of the producers who is also gay. And it is a really, really sweet story about uh, just coming out and being your true self in your sexuality. And it's it's just amazing. Very steamy, very cool, very rom-commy. And the last book on my list, oh dear. <laughs> it's called If This Gets Out by Sophie Gonzalez and Kale Dietrich. Oh, I cannot wait to read this book. <laughs> dying i'm i'm saving it. i'm kicking off my new year with it like i was gonna take it with me on my vacation and i was like no i need to start january 2022 with a bomb ass book and that's what it's gonna be <laughs> and that's why i giggle because i knew if megan had read it it would have been on her list too it'll be on her list next year probably probably this is about no one in particular larry <laughs> it is about a boy band and one of the teenagers in the boy band is gay, but because he's in a boy band, his agency tells him that he's not allowed to be gay because he has to seem available to the young ladies that love the band. Meanwhile, there's another boy in the band who um, is discovering that he's bisexual and they form a relationship, but they're not allowed to have a public relationship because again, to be in this boy band, they have to all seem like they're heteronormative, you know, straight boys that everybody's going to love. And it was just an amazing, amazing book about being your true self, about discovering your own sexuality and being who you want to be without listening to the constraints of other people. Louie and Harry. (laughs) (laughs) If I had thought that it was about One Direction people, I would not have read it. (laughs) it is amazing don't let the whole one direction crap keep you away from it my favorite part of all of it is reading like the goodreads reviews and all the fans like dropping like larry specific quotes (laughs) like as they're like obviously which is like an ongoing like all the reviews are just all these like one line jokes between the fandom like it's amazing i cannot wait I have to say that this was a really, really good year for um, LGBTQIA plus books. I really hope that the trend continues because as someone who has a teenager that's struggling to identify her sexuality and where she fits in a Christian town, in a Christian family, I mean, I think it's amazing to be able to read other people's journeys. And I really think it's important that people keep writing this kind of stuff so that eventually it becomes a normal book and it's not something that's just out of the ordinary and strange. And that was my list. Rachel. Mine are going to be in order from basically five to one. So. Okay. Cool. Number five on my list is The Nothing Man by Katherine Ryan Howard. Number four on my list is Verity by Colleen Hoover. That was 
that was definitely a book I was not expecting to be what it was. So that was awesome. Number three is The Therapist by B.A. Paris. I'll tell you, B.A. Paris hasn't let me down yet. So um, I'm hopeful for the next one that comes out. Number two, The Serial Killer's Wife by Alice Hunter. And my number one book of the year is Drum Pretty roll. Little Wife. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Yeah. Is <laughs> Pretty Little Wife by Darby Kane. That one was that that one was just perfection. Now, I did have some true crime books that I did like, but in making these lists, I don't I don't consider those because to me, especially like I, I read a couple books this year about children being mistreated and tortured. And for me, that's not necessarily something I'm going to put on my enjoyable type list. Um, so all right. of the books I put on this are fiction. And Keith, would you like me to do my honorable mention? So my top five for the year, uh, in no particular order, except I'm going to say my favorite pick for last. So there, will, I, my last one will be my absolute favorite. But um. First, we have Clan Lands by Sam Hewn and Graham McTavish, because uh, I love reading all things Outlander in Scotland, and hearing their voices in my head as I was reading it was fantastic. They just kind of travel you around Scotland, give you a little bit of Scottish history. Um, then we had Plain Bad Heroines by Emily M. Danforth, and this was the one where you had like the movie star... And, like, the random girl gets cast and, like, weird shit keeps happening on the set. And it's all tied to this, like, mysterious deaths and murder at this old, like, girl's school. So it's kind of like dark academia, kind of. The other, another one was A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. And this was one that, as I was reading it, I wasn't sure. I liked it, but I was like, I don't know if I love it, but it's really cool still idea. And then I got to the last sentence and I was like... Oh my God, I need the next book in this series right now. Um, another dark academia. They're trying to survive their boarding school for wizards, basically. And it was awesome. And then The Electric Kingdom by David Arnold. And that was the one that was a little wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. They, she, there was some time travel. There was apocalypses and trying to change the outcome of people's story and things like that. And it was really cool and a lot of twists that I enjoyed. And my favorite book of the year, as soon as we started making our list, I was like, I don't know what else is going on this list, but this book is 100% on the list. And that's Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Booley. And this was um, set in like the Pacific Northwest. Might not even be all the way that. Might be Midwest. About different tribes and the struggles of being a tribe member and dealing with... um, kind of how you how the character fit into the world because she had one parent who was part of the tribe and another was not and how that affected her having kind of one foot in two worlds and very cool things <laughs> it had a lot of twists and turns and you can't even really talk much about it because after page 100 everything's a spoiler but that was my absolute favorite book of the year like as soon as i read it i was like this is my top pick for the whole entire year so i learned a lot about my wheelhouse this year lots of dark academia some apocalypse and exploring different cultures sums up my my list for the year. Alrighty. So guys, I read thirty-eight 
five-star reads this year. So it was a little hard to make choices because they were all so different. So I think my uh, honorable mention list is going to be kind of long. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll start off in no particular order. Billy Summers by Stephen King, which I absolutely loved. I loved every single part of this book. Stephen King, of course, as you know, is a master. There's absolutely no question about that. But the book itself was really, really good. It was about um, a hitman who decides to do one last job. And he ends up learning a lot about himself. And it was just a masterpiece. I don't know what else to say about it, except for it was really awesome. Next in line would be Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder. Mm -hmm. It was probably the weirdest book on the list. And for me, that's really saying something because as you guys know, I really love weird books. But this was just absolutely bizarre. It was about a, a new mother who thinks she's turning into a dog. And it was as strange as they get, but it was so awesome. And it really hit the nail on the head when it comes to the strangeness you feel when you are a new mother. Well, at least for me, it was. It was very strange. Um, and a lot of people go through a transformation during that time. And the book, it was, it was odd. It was strange. But it did a really good job describing some of that stuff that happens to you when you have to rediscover who you are as a mother. The best sci-fi I read this year was The Shards of Earth by Adrian Tchaikovsky. It was absolutely perfect space opera for those of you who love space opera. It was about this alien called the architect that basically took over the par parts of the universe. They would come in and just transform planets into something that they thought was beautiful as opposed to something that was actually a planet, they would, they like make artwork out of people, which basically means they kill and disassemble everything. And the book is about supposedly about them coming back after they've been vanquished and all of the political ramifications surrounding that and all that good stuff. Very, very, very good. Oh, I got to have one more. Just one more. Come on. Your honorable mention. Listen, you told us to keep these short and you're taking longer than anyone. I feel like we do this every year. We get all the way around the room and the Martha's like, no, I need I one know. more. No, I need Just one, one more. Just, Just one. one more. Just honorable one more. mention. Honorable mention. Okay, I'll cut one out then. The very she best won't. book, the very best book I read all year that I loved so much more than any other book was Dungeon Crawler Carl. Yeah! By Matt Dineman. I loved it so much, and I love the second one even more. God, I love these books. Wow, you're usually let down by the second in the series. No, I absolutely loved it. I can't wait for number three. Matt is my soul, my soul... Author? Author. My soul author. He's going to be so excited when I tag him. Oh, my God. He's going to lose his soul fucking you. much. No, he's going to be like, no, nah, they're fucking with me again. No, I really <laughs> did. It's It's the best book I read all year. God damn it. Now I can't. Now I have to cut another one out because I was going to put See, Black Tongue Thief was in there too. God damn it. You can do honorable mention. We have a whole Patreon for this it. This is why I said we have to have. Dude, I get you. I read 380 books. How oh, do you pick okay, five? I'm, I'm cutting out. <sighs> She's making our list really hard for the us. The Black Tongue Thief. 
by Christopher Buhlman was my second favorite of the whole year. It was a fantasy novel about a thief who is snarky and obnoxious and the world was really cool and I absolutely loved it. All right, now I'm done. Now I can get the rest of them for an honorable. Can we place bets on when we listen back to this podcast that Martha actually doesn't cut out her I other will ones? cut them out. I'm going to count. I'm going to count them. I promise. I'll cut out the ones that I wasn't supposed to have. Because we had this conversation via text message earlier this week. <laughs> I love that she always goes last. So it's she can always change the rules by the time it yeah, gets that's, to her. That's why she likes going last. Because she can change the rules. <laughs> you rule breaker. Stop busting my balls, you bitches. <laughs> God. You keep it up. Megan's going to get on the other side and we're both going to boob punch you. <laughs> Guys, Martha. I have very little boobage. But if we both boob punch at the same time, you'll have cleavage. Yeah, right. I think Martha <laughs> needs to calm down on the caffeine and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> <Your> anger outbursts. <laughs> Yeah, it is the caffeine. That's what I'm like in the morning. Oh, God. <laughs> you're, like, you're like one of those hairless cats in a chihuahua mixed together. Hey! <laughs> now that was uncalled for. But not Just inaccurate. That was excessively <laughs> cruel. How dare you? How she missed it. Dare you, Rachel? She hear it when she listens back. I know. How dare you compare me to the nasty sh- Shivering, hey. some chihuahuas are okay. rat dogs that are chihuahuas. God, I hate chihuahuas. How could you say that? We met the cutest chihuahua. We tried to adopt her, but I was super allergic. Her name was Cookie, and she was what is it when your feet turn out? Is that pigeon toe? Pigeon toe. Oh, no, pigeon toe. Well, she was the cutest little girl ever, and she was yippee she didn't shake i mean she was sweet and oh i wish we could have kept her oh i loved her wait isn't so when i think of you martha i think of cookie mm, yeah pigeon toads that's in. mean toads rachel in. why i love <laughs> she loved the dog that's mean you know you know what you know Marty let me just tell you on my side let me just tell you this Listen. my brother told me this when when i moved away from home my brother named a dog after me and I was so pissed Aww. off and angry about it for years. <laughs> and then uh, just a few years ago, my brother said, yeah, I had a dog. I love that dog. I named it Martha. And I said, that was an asshole move. And he's like, dude, I love that dog. So I named it after you. And he was hurt. <laughs> That's a, if I named my dog after you, I clearly love you. Yeah, right. God. That's like the highest honor. You I could just get. thought that was a terrible. Unless list. the dog is an asshole, and then it is not an honor. True, at all. true. Well, it was kind of an ugly dog too. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I, I don't like dogs that much. That dog. To yeah. be fair, I am not comparing a beautiful you to woman. You a right. chihuahua. You you're small. You like to cuddle underneath blankets. You're yippy when you don't get what you want. <laughs> like that right there. <laughs> And you run around like a chicken with their head cut off sometimes. So there you Bonnie's go. Bonnie's real brave since she's stuck I in the middle of like this table. Cat. And you're blonde. Just like. Yep. <laughs> like a light colored chihuahua. She's going to kill all of you. 
You know, there's not very many times in my life where I felt like crying. <laughs> She's the tin man and you made her cry. But, but I think it's a compliment. It this is coming from extreme dog lovers. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> She's looking at Bonnie like daggers. <laughs> Bonnie's brave because she's trapped in the middle of this LeBron. I'm sorry, do you want to growl and yip at me like a certain dog we were talking about? No, I'm going to wait till you turn around and bite your fucking ankle. Like another dog we were talking about, you little anger you biter. <laughs> Although, let's be honest, if Such any of us would like to do that, it's Martha. She's the only one of us. Megan just about choked to death over there. <laughs> We have a loving symbiotic relationship. <laughs> Bitches. Hey, I'm innocent. I said nothing. It's going to be a shit show in January when we're all trying to be live together. Everybody's going to get ready to walk out and be like, I don't know what the five of these assholes are doing. <laughs> Thank God I didn't buy tickets. Otherwise, I want my money back. It's like the ultimate cage fight. <laughs> Who's going to win? You. Well, yeah, I'm not Can the I, Chihuahua. I have a question. I have a question about um, live show attire. What? Let's um, save it. Hold on. Make sure you wear your snood. My this is going to be a short episode today because you're you're done with this us right because now. i'm so done with you fucking people hey but we should talk okay. about the fact that just like an angry chihuahua <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna hide underneath the furniture because she's done with us the haunted futon is a great spot to hide. <laughs> <laughs> this has been brought to you by eyes dog food <laughs> For small breeds, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Fuckers. God. Small bites. <laughs> We're never going to be able to finish this goddamn thing because you bitches won't oh, shut up. <laughs> so you've heard our, our favorite picks of the year. But on a Patreon, we're going to do an episode of our least favorite books of the year, right? Yes, we are. As a matter of fact, Megan, thank you for bringing Patreon up because we do have to talk about Patreon. <laughs> Wipes tears from eyes. <laughs> I'm wiping tears, but not because I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing and crying. But yeah, so if you're, if we're going to put it up on Patreon January, we'll record it and get it out and... It'll probably be sometime around January 4th or 5th, depending on when I get it edited and put up, but it'll be around that time. So if you're interested to hear what the absolute worst books we read this year, and let me tell you, there's a list. <laughs> there is a list. <laughs> My list, I feel like, is a lot shorter than your list. Probably. Because I'm more picky. Because I, I don't read at the vor the voracious level, voracious speed of other people. I got to say, this was a more fun list to put together. The worst books. The worst the books, worst. yes. Yeah. Yes. The best books was hard. The worst books is fun. <laughs> you can bet that that is going to be a fun episode to record. So if you are interested <laughs> in hearing that podcast, you can only hear it if you are at the $10 level at Patreon. Now, if you want to join our Patreon, we would love to have you. 
to go to patreon.com and search three book girls podcast and it'll pop up and you'll see see our logo and see our page and you can subscribe so thanks to all of the people who are already members so you guys are our inner circle and we love you so you little bitch (laughs) (laughs) we love you so much you little bitches (laughs) okay i'll stop fucking with you now Bonnie just showed me a picture of a chihuahua wearing pearls and reading glasses. I'm just here to say that I only have one strand of pearls and I rarely clutch them. Bitches. Anyway, back to the Patreon commercial. Well, and if you feel like you can't afford Patreon, you can still help us out by rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you listen to the podcast. Because advertisers and people like that look at our comments and our subscribers and all that good stuff. So there's lots of ways for you to help support us, even if you can't join Patreon. And we have a live event coming up at Full Circle Bookstore in Oklahoma City, for those of you who may be nearby. So if you feel like taking a trip, come on. Hopefully we'll still, hopefully the pandemic won't fuck it up for us. I'm a little worried about it, to be perfectly honest. Hey, we're at a 4.4 stars on iTunes. What? Yeah. That's awesome. With 87 reviews. Wow. Thank you. Maybe if we hit 100 reviews on iTunes, maybe we could do something special. (gasps) Could we get 100 reviews on iTunes? Maybe we can do a giveaway of people who've left reviews. (gasps) Giveaway of what? What would we give away? A bag or a bag? I suppose we could figure something out. A gift card to Redbubble? Oh, yeah. We could do a Redbubble something. Yeah. We could have something mailed directly to them from yeah. Redbubble. So hop on iTunes or SoundCloud and... And leave we- us a great review. Because if you're going to be bitchy, we're not giving you anything. Yeah. <laughs> only- you only go into the, into the pot if it's a good review. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. We want Don't honesty. Don't say anything about Martha being a chihuahua. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I am clearly a fucking cat person. I know. You know, Listen, we just like to give I you shit. I threw in a hairless cat, and you chose to go with the chihuahua to be offended by. So, no, I, I, I could, I could actually get on board with the hairless cat. The first okay, thing you well, balked at was the chihuahua. Nasty. That's because I hate chihuahuas. That's the only reason I was ribbing you about it. I know. It. We could use some more, uh, some reviews because the last one was written in October of 2021, so a couple months back. So, if you haven't left us a review yet, we would really appreciate that. What else? This is the end of the year. It's the end of the year as we know it. And I feel fine. I mean, uh, do we feel fine? Though? Not really. Yeah. I'm a little worried, actually. I'm worried about I Omicron. Say, I don't know about that. Part. Omicron Percy I eight. They actually put the um, COVID restrictions back at my work and everyone's working from home again. Yeah. You know what they did in <laughs> Pennsylvania? Because Omicron's out. They got rid of all the mandates in the schools. Oh, isn't I mean, that nice? That's what Oklahoma's doing. Yeah, Oklahoma's not. They could care less. My work <laughs> is actually taking. I'm a little worried, frankly, uh, about the way things are going because Omicron is doubling the caseload every three days at this point. But on the news, they say that. Mm-hmm. In Oklahoma, it's still Delta that's the main street, the main. Yeah, it's because only 50% of our people here are vaccinated, so. But we are not alone in the vaccine struggle. I talked to my Aussies and my Canadians the other day, and every country's having the same conversation. Why are you so low today? 
I don't I don't know. Do I have a lower voice today, maybe? You're talking on the side. She just hit puberty. Talking on the fucking side, dude. <laughs> oh, because I turned to look at you. Sorry. Yeah. I'll turn this way. Um, I know. I keep, every time I look at you, I have to go, Ooh. Uh No, but I was talking to my Aussies and my Canadians, and I was like, oh, so we're not the only country that thinks our country sucks at everything, because they all feel the same way. Oh, yeah, we do. I'm having a real Yay. hard time with it, because now, here we go. Here we fucking go again, and our first live event in January, I mean, what are we going to do if we have to cancel that? Cry. We're not Drink. going to. It's going to be fine. I'm being optimistic. Oklahoma won't close down again. No, they not won't like close they down. did. No, but what we're going to do is we're going to, unless it's really dire, everybody will just wear a mask and we'll go anyway. Yeah. Which you can find a three book girl mask on Redbubble. It's, yeah, not, it's not a very good mask, though. No, it it's not sucks. really thick. You they mean, do that. Well, I've got the, you new, layer the new one. The new one is a. Is it better? Yeah, it's better. It fits the face better, oh. but it's still not a. Uh, yeah, but Martha, if you ha- if they sold it, you would have a steel plated mask on your face. I would, and yeah. just die. She'd of basically, wear a plague mask everywhere she I, went. I would. I would wear. I would totally wear a plague mask. Think about how well that would fit my substantial nose. Except you would probably have two other ones underneath it because it wasn't close enough to your face. Yeah, my breath would. is escaping. <laughs> Should we have a, a Christmas carol on the end of our? We wish you a Merry Christmas. We're going to sing Sweaty Balls songs? <gasps> Could you sing that one, Keith? You're the singer. I don't know that song. Me I figured either. you guys had a song. No. You know, you promised... Grandma got run over by a reindeer. You would share the, the recipe for Ronnie's oh. meat, her Sweaty Balls, but... Uh, well, I so haven't made it yet. we're going to have to put that on the podcast. Podcast, or do you want me to put it on the Patreon? I mean, the website website the website yeah i actually put it up on the website last year because it's the end of the year please let 2022 be a less covidy yes could we yes please thank you although i do like the social distance i like that people don't get close to you <laughs> when they talk it's like i can she's touch just you, afraid she's gonna get a boob punch because she's too close to me that's what it is <laughs> i can reach her <laughs> Don't think I don't punch back. <laughs> no hugging Vonnie. Don't yes. hug me. Keep I'm going to get distance. her. I'm going to touch me. I'm going <laughs> to get her. A, are we there? Hey, mom. Hey, mom. I'm going to get her a hey, shirt mom. that has cactuses on it. It <laughs> <laughs> says, I'm a prick. <laughs> She's only saying that because I said she was a chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll see you all in 2022. Happy, happy, happy holidays, everybody. And that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. If I use a safe word, (laughs) would you stay away? (laughs) Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.